if you hear me! Hello then, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Emergency Podcast for the Flyover State Sports Show. There's been a lot of shit that's happened, so let's get right to it. All right, boys, I tell you what, there's been a lot of shit that's happened in the last couple of days, and God smited us for doing our podcast on Monday instead of Tuesday, and a lot of news broke. The most biggest news, though, the most biggest news... Broncos selling out, going for Russell Wilson, fellas. These are big hitters. These are big topics. We need your opinion immediately. What say you? Um, okay, so first of all, well done, NFL, just in terms of, like, Tuesday was one of the most just, like, fun NFL offseason days I've ever had. It was the perfect thing to just, like, let me not do a goddamn thing productive at work. Um <laughs> But in all seriousness, get, getting to the trade, I thought for a franchise quarterback to get moved, it was one of the most fair deals that could have like possibly happened. Because it's really difficult when you're trading away a franchise quarterback to you know, be on the positive end of that. But I really think Seattle did get fair compensation. I, I completely agree with that, especially with the two first-round picks. So here, here, we'll just go over what Seattle received. Yep. Two first-round picks – including pick nine, two second round picks, Noah Fant, the tight end, Shelby Harris, who is a really good defensive lineman, and uh, uh, some scrub named Drew Locke. And so in return, uh, Denver got Russell Wilson, and what was it, like a fourth? I think it was a fourth round pick. Nothingness pick. Denver, I think, gave up. I don't know if you mentioned a third, but I think Denver also gave up a third somewhere in there. I don't know. Did they? No, I I don't think there was a third included, but... It, it, that is exactly what the Broncos did. They, they, it was a complete sellout for a quarterback. And they, they, I, they, I think, I think as soon as word came out that Aaron Rodgers did his, was getting his contract, they're like, well, shit. Oh, no. This had been in the works for like weeks, apparently. You think, I think so? I think I, that Aaron Rodgers was never actually going to leave the Packers. I think it was retirement or bust. And Denver had either figured that out or just wasn't interested in getting Aaron Rodgers. But I guess they were okay with the perception being that way because the report was that this deal had been being worked out for almost two weeks. To me, it just feels like, you know, Aaron Rodgers was probably the primary guy. You know, they're sending all of whatever they want to do to try and convince him, you know, like, oh, look how good our roster is. And, like, we can talk to Green Bay. And I think they just kind of got tired of waiting. Like, yeah, yeah, is Aaron Rodgers better than Russell Wilson? For sure. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the best quarterback in the world right now, no matter yep. what you think about actual talent. Uh, but, I mean, at some point, if you're Denver, you need clarity. Free agency is about to start up. Like, if you have the quarterback, now you can go sign those cheap vets that want to ring chase. Yep. Now, uh, I guess big picture for both of these teams. Obviously, Denver gets – a quarterback that uh, the last time that they actually had a quarterback of note, they had two Super Bowl runs with Peyton Manning. Um, I, I know they had one. I think they had an earlier one. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, uh, they, they lost to, uh, ironically, Legion of Boom dominated them in that Super Bowl. I don't forget. I don't blame you for forgetting. Super Bowl okay, that's right. Was. That was like 2012, right? And then, in an ironic twist of fate, the no fly zone, the predator, the. Uh, basically the offshoot of the Legion of Boom as the new best defense carried Peyton Manning to a uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, but I guess regardless, so um, here, one second, Beans. So Denver gets Russell Wilson and the entire contract and, like, obviously is the only chance that they had to compete in this, like, just insane division now. And then Seattle, you get – Seattle's fucked if you keep Russell Wilson. Let's just hit that (laughs) – Let's, let's get that out there because I don't think either team in this trade negotiation had leverage. It's like Denver needs a quarterback and Seattle can't win with the roster it has on the contract Russell Wilson has. And they have no draft picks. Like they're just – both teams were fucked. And I think that that allowed them to find a deal that made sense for both teams. Uh, looking at the cap space right now from what I am seeing, Denver has still has $26 million in in their cap uh, available and I'm trying to look 
the Seattle Seahawks, and it's they they don't have they had like one of the least amount of just like assets to play with this offseason to begin mm-hmm. with. They yeah, their their biggest money. their biggest asset right now is DK Metcalf. Or, yeah, yeah <laughs> so it is DK Metcalf mainly because which Jamal which do you think which uh, we'll we'll get we'll get back to that later. But I mean, congratulations to the Broncos for getting the third best quarterback in the AFC West now. <laughs> so that, that's the thing here, right? Is uh, if you're Denver, like I don't know if we can. You could you could argue that Denver might have the best roster. I think all three rosters are like pretty damn close in strength right now between the Chiefs and the Chargers, and obviously they're going to change pending this next draft. But I, I this seems like a really weird time just because your margin for error is so small in the division you're in to mortgage your future for a quarterback that we haven't seen play a a, a good full season for more than three years. Well, and I'm curious to see how he'll do with like an actual decent offensive line. I mean, Seattle was like, "Hey, Russell, you're gonna be you're gonna be the offensive line and the quarterback." Now Counter- he's gonna have counterpoint. A- Beans is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett really worse than the receiving options he has in Denver right now. Well, like, you have Cortland, you have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Um, now you don't Jerry Judy. and Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I forgot Jerry Judy. Yeah, yeah. None of those guys, no offense to those guys. None of those dudes are better than Tyler Lockett. And no, no, I, I agree yeah. with that, but they're still top. They're still one of the better receivers in the league. I'm not saying no, they're top 10 to a better situation. I'm not, he, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that like, is it really enough that you're going to cause like with those, uh, with the receiving options that he had in Seattle. And I, I agree, that offensive line was just straight dog shit. But, like, he still wasn't able to play a full season well, the last two years at least, with those receiving options. I don't know. It's a, I understand you just kind of got to pounce on this with your Denver, but it might be a little riskier than I think it appears to the average Denver fan that makes the way sense. I the way I see it it's six in one hand and half a dozen in the other if Russell stayed or being at the Broncos I, I think for me it's I mean what do you want Denver to do just sit around on their hands and not you know I mean everyone says Denver has a really good roster everyone's been saying Denver's roster has been really good for the last two years so, like, what are you going to do? Just let your roster get old and get worse without putting a competent quarterback? They, they, they just I mean, Seattle Seahawk this. They literally just flipped. Seattle hasn't had a first-round pick in how many years? Three? Yeah, but, I mean, you're only not getting it this year and you're not getting it next year. I mean, I understand, like, all the draft compensation you're giving up. But, like, Herbert's not going anywhere and Mahomes isn't going anywhere. And, Carr might not be going anywhere. Well, and even if you look at it big picture, like I know Gavin doesn't like Lamar and the Ravens, but I mean that's a team that can win games. So I mean, jo- Josh Wilson with the have, Bills. Yeah, Josh Allen's not going anywhere. Or Josh Allen's not Allen. going anywhere. Like again, like Lamar might just be good enough to make you play a road playoff game to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's just a lot of there's a there's a lot of people who aren't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. So I don't know why you just, just don't go for it now. I mean, if you have the roster and you think you believe in the roster, then fuck it, go for it. No one's going to give a shit about those two, four draft picks, like in three years, especially if you win no, if you no, win I... the next two or three years, then who cares? You won. That's the whole point. No, I, the, I agree the, with the, you completely in that, Sam. Cause like, Pick nine is obviously really valuable this year, but you're giving, like, I'm sure that uh, the Lions weren't planning on getting pick 32 back when they traded uh, for for Jared Goff and getting an extra first-round pick. And because they traded it to a team that was upgrading and ended up winning the Super Bowl, it's the last pick in the first round. That, like, could be what that other first-round pick in this deal is, too. But I guess what I'm saying, the difference between – those two situations to me is, and I, I agree, Denver had to do something like this. I just don't think it's as simple as what I'm like the reaction I've seen on Twitter, like, oh, Denver just immediately becomes a Super Bowl contender. Denver is immediately like, it's a massive step in the right direction. I don't think this like is a obvious best best roster and best team in the NFL step for Denver so, quite so yet. Here's, here's my here's my counter to that. I. 
I think it really depends on what your definition of Super Bowl contender is. Like, I mean, are, do the Broncos have a good enough roster and a good enough quarterback to win the Super Bowl? I would say yes right now. Does, I mean, are they a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I would say so. But there's like six to eight Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. So it's just really hard. Yeah. No, so, I, I mean, like, yes. you might be the fifth best team in the AFC. That doesn't mean you can't win a Super Bowl, though. You would be like the second best team in the NFC behind probably the Packers at that point. No, that's fair. Cause I mean, we just saw, I don't think the Bengals were the best team in the NFC and they made it to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. So. I mean, like, the, the NFC is comprised of like three teams and the AFC. I mean, the AFC's got enough quarter, good quarterback play to where you could theoretically say in the next two years that there's like seven dudes who you could just imagine winning the Super Bowl or imagine the team winning the Super Bowl. I mean, like, if I told you uh, the the Bills won the Super Bowl in the next two years, that wouldn't shock you. Chiefs, again, wouldn't shock you. I mean, Chargers, in a memeing standpoint, would. But, like, would we really be shocked if the Chargers just, you know, finally got a kicker and finally, like, you know, <laughs> stopped being asked? No, no I would not. Herbert just, you know, was good. I mean, even the Ravens, I mean, like, I know you don't like Lamar. I know that's well documented, but the Ravens are an awesome organization. They have I mean, a good roster. Surprise you if the Ravens yeah. pulled some Ravens bullshit out of their hat? No, so, not to me. Bengals were just there. Why? I mean, they improved the offensive line. Why can't they win the Super Bowl? I mean, there's just so many teams. Yes. Yeah, I Mike, agree. Go ahead, Bean. Mike. My, my question for you guys is: Who won in this situation? Uh, aside from the Bobby Wagner situation, which we'll get to here in a sec, who won in this deal? Seattle or Denver? And I'm going to throw in there: Seattle now has 49 million in cap space and has. Five, five top, uh, top second round picks from second and first for the second and first round. So like seven day two picks. Yeah, that's two years or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. So who won in this situation? Both teams. You think both teams? So you are swaying. You are swaying. In the NFL, where both teams ended up winning, and like the so there's a like counter to this too because like. Yes, the Vikings, like, won with the Stephon Diggs. Or, like, it was a equal trade for Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. But, like, the Vikings had to hit on Justin Jefferson in order for that trade to be worth it. Like, I don't – I think Seattle's getting enough compensation here. And, like, I and what I think with Russell Wilson, like, regardless of what happens to those first-round picks and seconds and whatever, like, I think that this trade – because this trade took both teams out of a rut that they couldn't get out of. And in that, that sense, I think both teams had to have just won this deal. My opinion, uh, Denver. I feel like whenever you get the franchise guy, you win. I mean, Seattle the, Seattle could go and spend that ninth overall pick on Malik Willis, and Malik Willis could turn to the greatest quarterback of all time, and then we have to do revisionist history about how they won the deal because they got Malik Willis, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, at that point, you know, no one – it would be like if New England traded a special teams dude for the pick that they used for Tom Brady. Well, yeah, no fucking shit they won that trade. But, like, <laughs> at the time, like, would you have, like, said, oh, yeah, like, they definitely won? Like, no. You would have said, oh, my God, this team got, like, an all-pro special teams guy for a six-round pick? That's a that's awesome. Like, so yeah. – no revisionist history for me. I mean, you, you get you got Russell Wilson if you're Denver. I think the only caveat for me of how Seattle wins this trade is that they immediately turn around, use all those picks they just got, and get Deshaun Watson if he's cleared from any of his all of his allegations. Because then you pretty much just traded 32 year old Russell Wilson for taller, like 26 year old Russell Wilson. So I mean, at that point, like you pretty much traded franchise guy for younger franchise guys. So. Right. Then you won, right? Um, and then the Texans can be laughing socks. Like, they already aren't, but, you know. So, so, to me, the Seahawks fucking up this rebuild isn't attached to this trade. Just because this trade gave them the opportunity to do the rebuild that they just – at this point, it was pretty obvious that they needed to do. They just were – they were stuck where they, where they were at, and now they have the opportunity – to do this rebuild the right way, whether they do it the right way or not looking at this trade right now, I don't think should affect like, cause you don't, 
you make that trade so you have the opportunity to do it the right way. You fucking it up is your own fault. It's not the trade you made with Denver's fault. That That's completely fair, but it, again, just falls back onto how how much is a franchise quarterback worth, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, if Patrick Mahomes' contract got too big, right, and we traded Mahomes for this package and Mahomes is like 32, like – Sure, I guess, but it it just feels like there's no price too steep to pay a lot of the times in terms of these draft picks and like auxiliary depth guys. There, there's no price high enough to pay to get the guy to lead you to the Super Bowl. And so it, it which then in theory leads to there's no price uh, high enough to receive. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, is Russell Wilson – I mean, in a vacuum, is Russell Wilson worth what they got? Honestly, no, but no one's going to pay that, and you have to do it to start the rebuild. So, yes, it, they come out mostly even, like you said. It's just a very hard thing to do. It's in one other thing that doesn't even get brought up is think about all, like, the jerseys and, like, the recognition and, like – all of like that stuff that goes away. And I know this doesn't go into management, the management side of things, but what if Russell Wilson does go and win a Super Bowl in Denver? I mean, we have this conversation on the timeline all the time. Is Peyton Manning an Indianapolis Colt or is he a Denver Bronco? And like, I mean, whenever you see ESPN post a picture of him, it's like 50 50 if he's in one or the other. And, I mean, that's, like, an emotional thing, especially for a guy who was your franchise guy if you're a Seahawks fan. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, like, so, I want to preface, because uh, I've been very staunch on my Russell Wilson stand before this. Um, and then, Beans, take us into what this means for the Seahawks with cutting Bobby Wagner and mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the stuff. But if Russell Wilson wins a Super Bowl in Denver when they aren't paying anybody else significant money, like – that doesn't change anything about what we thought with Russell Wilson in the first place. That just like further proves along that when he has enough stuff around him, he's a guy that can win. And when he doesn't have enough stuff around him, he can't. That's which is most quarterbacks in the NFL, but let's just let's keep in mind that this motherfucker is not that far off from Kirk Cousins. And with that, Beans take us on to what the Seahawks are gonna do now. Yeah, so shortly after uh, you know, that big trade and everything that went down. But you get a you get the news that Bobby Wagner has been cut from Seattle, which is crazy. But I guess I can kind of understand it. There, if you're in a rebuild phase, you gotta buy time, in. You gotta buy into it. Find somebody younger. And it it it's hard to believe that they're giving up their defensive leader. Um, that means Jamal Adams might be the one stepping up now for that end of the for for that role. Yeah. You mean uh you mean overpaid Mark Barron? Yep, pretty much. Uh. And what are your thoughts uh, of him moving to linebacker? He's just a really big safety. Might move to linebacker now. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be the initial plan, even though Bobby was more of the interior. So the market is now kind of crazy because, especially on the Chiefs' perspective, because I'm thinking of it on that end, like you have a 31-year-old linebacker, but we got two really young linebackers, and it's like, damn it, if we could just get Bobby Wagner, that would be great. Yeah, but it's Bobby Wagner, though. I wouldn't be mad. No. But – Let's uh, so we can tie this, we can tie this in with the Chargers too because like if you're the Chiefs, you're looking at this and your division is just like getting so much stronger every single day. But let's let's get something clear. The reason that these teams are going crazy and trying to improve their rosters is because the Kansas City Chiefs are in their division. Like, no, yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not doing anything drastic. I'm not going and like giving Bobby Wagner way too much money on a three year deal if I'm Kansas City. Like, just continue drafting well, spend your money, like, smart, keep this roster as good as you can on Mahomes' contract, because if you just try to, like, react really hard to push all your chips in and win again or something like that, and you fuck it up, you get into the situation like the Seahawks are in, where you traded three first round, or two first round picks and a big contract for Jamal Adams, 
And now you're looking at this uh, thinking we don't have the tools around Mahomes to win so, more. So let's go ahead and talk about the Chargers real quick, what they have done here over the past 24 hours. They gave uh, Mike Williams an extension, which was kind of kind of big in my my opinion because I wasn't yeah, sure was, what was... that was kind of le- out of left field. I expected him to get franchised, not the extension so quick. I, yeah. I think he was just a guy that they liked, and it's a guy that this new system they're running with the new coaching staff from last year. I mean, they just they just want – yeah, they just want big receivers that can go up and just body body people and catch a ball. I mean, that's what Mike Williams did. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you have the cap space. You just want to make sure that Herbert always has weapons. Like, what are you going to do? Let him walk and then draft some dude and hope that he's good? Exactly. Yeah. And then today, just uh, not that long ago, a couple hours ago, we get news that Khalil Mack is now back in the AFC West. So did he actually get traded or was it just a rumor? I didn't know. No, uh, like, no I'm, I'm second seeing... in the sixth. I'm, I'm looking at the report. Yeah, second and a six is what I'm seeing, but that's – I don't know if that's official yet. All I'm seeing is uh, reports just saying Khalil Mack is traded. Even the NFL yeah. confirmed it, so it's got to be true. Okay. I, I think it's done. I think it's just like, oh, well, you know, like we got to clarify these small, minute details. They're probably like working out – con. they're probably like passing like contract issues and all that stuff and yeah. seeing, what, seeing what they can do there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, now Khalil Mack is back in the AFC West, which – provides that neck that edge rusher that you know was you got Bosa and now you got Mac you know the yeah. Chargers were there the char- the Chargers were there offensively now they're now they're there defensively well so Sam, I, I think you have a similar view to me on this like what I literally just got done talking about with the Chiefs on what not to do I think that uh the Chargers are in danger of kind of getting into this well, the Chargers wow. have the Chargers have such an awful amount of cap space availability that they can just willy nilly whatever the hell they want because, like you mentioned before, the other thing too though is that like Herbert's on his rookie deal for the next two years, and that's what's saving them is their ability to draft. Yeah, know, pretty like, good. Cool Max not going to be there in two years. I mean, you're giving up a second and a sixth to push your chips into the table for the next two years. You have to maximize that rookie contract because when you pay Herbert, it's going to be tougher, right? That's, yeah, yes. no, that's fair. I guess that's the difference is we've paid Mahomes. And, like, I mean, let, let's think about this just off the off the dome. Like, you start paying Herbert, and Mike Williams' contract is four years, right? Like, four years what? Um, I'm not exactly. Years, three years. Million. Yeah. Like okay. 40 guaranteed. 40 but guaranteed, like, yeah. In two years, is Keenan Allen still going to be on that team? Keenan Allen's going to be, like, dirt. Keenan Allen's going to move at the speed of dirt by that time, probably. Yeah. Yep. And I, I get that Keenan Allen is super good, but you would hope that in two years, one, you won receivers, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and receivers hit a wall. Yeah, I mean, you would hope – I mean, Keenan's the type of guy, like, just because he's not a big athlete or anything that would, like, last longer. But, I mean, you would hope that you would be able to, A, draft a replacement, and B, like – find some dude on a one-year contract like the Chiefs are trying to do this year that can kind of do what Keenan Allen does. So I don't know. I, I I feel like you don't need to worry about that quite yet. I mean, when if they start handing out like big money extensions to like dudes they probably shouldn't, like next offseason, especially the offseason after that, yeah. that's when I think you can start running into trouble. Because right, right now, this kind of feels like the uh, – the Frank Clark like move, right? Yeah, without that, the massive, but like the, yeah, that that was the part that stunk was we signed Frank Clark to a five year extension for big ass money. If we're just keeping Cleo Mack for, I don't know what the remainder of his contract is, but I would guess since he's been on the Bears for like three years, so he probably um, has like one or two years left on that deal. So if we're yeah. just extending him for the rest of Herbert's time in his rookie deal, then I don't see how that's like that bad. It looks no. like he's on through to till 2024 um, and Perfect. 2025. It, he has the option of becoming a free agent. Perfect. My God, they're going to cut him before they gets to that. And he'll be, let's, also speak, let's also speak to like the person of Khalil Mack on this. Not only have you been traded multiple times and just this like asset that gets thrown around to NFL defenses, but now you get put on an actual team where you can hopefully like go and chase a ring because every single team that you've been on has just kind of like fallen apart around you over the time you've been there or just already been apart because you're 
uh, he started his career the Raiders, so I mean, he was already in the mud. Yeah, but now now he's thirty one years old and can hopefully go chase uh, chase a ring there in L A. So with all well, of this happening, not, Gavin. I well, I'm saying for the person, yeah, no, I understand from a peace perspective that's bad. <laughs> but but uh, God, dude, him. Well, one thing I will say, Bosa always seems to not like be on the field when they need him to be on the field. So that's part of a big, huge get for getting Khalil Mack. But God damn, Bosa and uh, Melvin Ingram off the edges were tough when they were both like in their primes, and now we're going to get two dominant edge rushers up the end of both those guys. Stinks. Yeah, and so we're back into that. I mean, the Chiefs always handled them well with that situation, even when both uh, uh, Ingram and Bosa were healthy. So I'm, yeah, but it's Khalil Mack. Like, I know, it's, it's, it's a different thing. animal. It's a completely different animal. So let's kind of like motion into what does this mean for the chiefs like we have been into this big market you know trades extensions all this stuff and our biggest move is tagging orlando brown well that that's a pretty big move if khalil mack yep. is coming in well yeah no yeah that, that's <laughs> that gonna help say. out if you're either gonna have bosa or mack, which mack would probably be edge um you that that you now have your lock you lock down left tackle for at least one more year i yeah. i would i would argue that the bigger deal was not getting sentimental and giving Tyron Matthew like a league altering safety contract yes. with a three year extension. See now what, yeah. it, so with all of this offensive maneuvering and you have your one defensive move from the chargers, does the chiefs get the, and I'm not saying Veach does this. Veach is a very much a businessman. He knows, you know, he's not afraid to let people go. He let Justin Houston go. He let Mitchell Schwartz go. He let Eric Fisher, all these people that, you know, the Chiefs fans had emotional attachment to. He's not afraid to do that. But with these moves, does signing Matthew back make it a little make a little bit more sense? Oh, absolutely. Not not at a price point. I mean, he's dude, he's in the open market. I mean, like, think about, like, the money that Trent Williams got last year when we were just about ready to, like, pay Trent Williams, right? Which is crazy because Veach mentioned about when uh, Williams didn't sign his contract to San Francisco, he was also in the works of getting Orlando Brown as well. So Veach is very aggressive on getting guys, and he's going to do every effort to get them because he almost got Williams, and he also got Orlando Brown. He said he wanted both of them. So this man's not afraid to deal. I I understand that. It's just I, I feel like we need it, it just needs to be in other areas, right? Like yeah. yes. I, I feel like when when you pay the pie piper for your quarterback, you need to make sure that your money is in certain areas. And the problem and the Chiefs are paying a premium at tight end right now. Yeah. And like I, I love Kelsey. Kelsey's great and everything. He's a complete matchup nightmare. But, like, when you start allocating premium money to tight end when other teams aren't, then you definitely can't start spending premium money in random places. Like, safety. Safety is just one of those places you can't afford to spend big money on unless the dude is, like, Jesse Bates level. You know what well, I mean? You, like, you guys recall the – we just went through the Chiefs roster and what we want to do this offseason. And basically every single defensive position needs addressed. And it's not as simple as, oh, we just signed Tyron Matthew and keep him here and the defense is good. Like, we need that that money to be spread to pretty much every position group other than maybe linebacker if you're going to tell me that Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are going to step up. And That's, see, I kind of I like what the defense – what, what uh, Brett Veach is kind of doing here. It seems like he is getting like almost like a veteran presence for offense and young guys for defense. and. Do you guys kind of see that trend as well? I, I feel like that's usually what kind of works, though, isn't it? I mean, like, if you're going to be super cheap on one end of the ball, it's usually, ah, I'm young, I'm fast, I hit hard, I see ball, tackle and hit ball. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It, it takes a lot less um, – defense feels a lot less – I mean, you obviously need brains to play defense, don't get me wrong – but it's very much reactionary and a young man's. Position. You have to have a lot of fast twitch muscles, and, and those muscles it's are the reason there why it's easier age. to draft defensive positions as well. Like you, like exactly. you can look in a productive edge rusher in college that won one-on-one matchups against his tackle every single time is just 
more likely to be productive in the NFL than a random wide receiver that was schemed touches out of Arkansas. Now, if the Chiefs had a draft like <laughs> they did last year, like like um, the ability, you know, we got uh, Bolton, we got Creed Humphrey, and then the prior year we got Snead. If we can keep hitting like Chris that, too. Oh yeah, if we can keep hitting like this, you know, I, I I don't think it's if we can. That's what we have to do. Like it's that's, absolutely yes. That's so there the is no going forward. The, the thing is with the draft, when you pay your quarterback, you like you don't have to draft superstars, right? Like you don't yes. you don't have to find DK Metcalf because you have a quarterback. Like you can you can take like your average wide receivers, like your Cole Beasley level dudes, and like Josh Allen makes them an almost one thousand yard receiver. Yep. Or like your Gabe Davises. You you just, yep. the thing is is you have with your like we'll just say seven allocated picks, five of those dudes have to be like starters slash at least significant special teams players. Exactly. Right? Like, you have to find starters. You have to find, like, average NFL starters just to keep plugging the gaps in with of your roster with cheap talent. It's just the name of the game. So, I mean, like, we don't need to find anyone, like, Creed Humphrey level every year. Because Creed Humphrey is, like, a top five center, according to a lot of places. But we need to find those legendary Sneed guys who are like, ah, yeah, like, this dude's pretty good. This dude, like, isn't trash. And we found him in the sixth round. And, like, yeah. Yep. So, yep. so with the Broncos making this, the sellout for offense, the Chargers extending Williams and getting a defensive player to help with Mahomes, Frank Clark, it, it wouldn't shock me seeing Frank Clark being cut next. And it's like yep. that's uh, – it, it seems no, like – That's perfectly fine. Let some team pick him up and then we can – this is like one of the best drafts in recent memory to just need to get a, a good edge rusher out of the third round. And, and I'm going to say this for Chiefs fans right now, like – for all the Chiefs fans out there, it's going to seem like we're taking two steps back, but I have a strong feeling that we're going to take three to four steps forward with the with what Veach has in store, with what Spagnola has in mind for that defense. Um, you know, you might not see Matthew coming back, and that's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. It'll hurt his feelings too. Um, you aren't going to see Frank Clark out there. You're not going to see insert other name, but. It is Charvarius Ward is another good example, but it's for the benefit of what's going to happen in the future. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. There's a reason they call the NFL, the NFL, not for long, baby. (laughs) Speaking of not for long, let's talk about the quarterback that didn't last too long in Indianapolis. I do want to to read off one tweet before we move to uh, Commander Carson real quick. Tommy Carson. Uh, this is from John Boyce um, at J-O-N underscore B-O-I-S, all lowercase. One of my favorite followers wor- works with SB Nation, or at least he used to. And he had a tweet go viral about the uh, one team we didn't say a damn lick of a thing about in the AFC West because they're the most irrelevant team currently in the offseason. <laughs> so I want to give Derek Carr and the Raiders their flowers by, by reading this nice tweet from Mr. John. Derek Carr's got to be, by a long shot, the best quarterback to ever be the worst quarterback in his division. Yes. No, Uh, I agree. 100%. No, like you mentioned, give him his flowers because that man has gone through a lot. He is definitely – he's moved up in my books as one of the one of the better guys in the NFL as far as like just a character dude guy. I think he was my 10th best quarterback too. And People aren't going to like to hear this, but Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are just not that far apart. As far as athletically or character-wise? No, just like as a quarterback. As a quarterback? See, Derek Carr stepped up in my book. The situation he went through with uh, Gruden and Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, just every, it just seemed like they kept you know, just shitting on him, and it just he just kept persevering and no, being the, that that's captain. The, that's the thing is uh, he's in like one of the worst situations in the NFL last year. And, like, and he's, pers- and he's doing now okay. He's Josh McDaniels. By the way, speaking of people who came back to the AFC West, Josh McDaniels, we forgot about that. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the plural McDaniels. Okay. So yeah, we the have plural the plural. McDaniels. The singular is in Miami. Yes. Okay. Well, I tell you what, forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something witty and fun. But I'm not going to because we need to talk about Carson Wentz and there's nothing witty or fun about Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz now is the best quarterback in commie history. 
traded to Washington <laughs> for a second, a third, and a conditional third. And I think that conditional third turns into a second if he plays like 70% of the snaps. Which he, is, he is like the goat. He is the goat of conditional picks. No, that, and that's because – all right, I'm going to defend Carson Wentz here for a second because he's the only quarterback in the NFL where injuries actually get held against him, and that is 100% <laughs> evident in the last two deals that he's signed. He's the only quarterback that gets moved. Like, Russell Wilson was legitimately hurt last year, and they're like, oh, we don't need to put a conditional pick on any of these things. To be well, fair, though, Russell Wilson has only missed, like, those games ever in his career. Like, Carson does have a bit of a track record. but no, I, like, I, I, I get it. I, I understand that he has a track record, but, like, at, I guess there's just a lot of shit thrown at Carson. Like, the people that are saying, is Carson Wentz actually an upgrade over Taylor Heineke? I don't think they actually the, use their eyeballs. Those people are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Taylor I, Heineke is bad. Carson and, Wentz is, like, startable. It's the difference between, like, you get a guy in that, like, 20 to 30, like, caliber bucket and then like you're upgrading to that from a guy that was just like 30 or 35 or below in terms of starting quarterback rank in the nfl which is is, a big jump when you move up a quarterback tier list i don't think like people think it's linear like you go from like f tier to d tier and they think it's the same as going from like b to a that that's not true yeah whenever you move up a tier list it's exponentially but is it is he worth twenty eight million in the hit cap space? He is now the highest paid player for the Washington Red Commandos. They're not paying anybody else because they just cut Landon Collins. So yes, like it's yeah, the I same mean, thing as Denver has the cap space to take on that contract, and they still have assets to either put stuff around him or currently have stuff around him. I I think you're in an awesome spot now because yes. like, think think about what you can do now. You're not paying Carson Wentz damn near anything. I don't know when his contract expires, but it's got to be in the next, like, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Let me look it up. So, so you get Carson Wentz, right? Now you still have the 15th pick. You can go take, like, Matt Corral, who, like, tore his ACL, or Malik Lewis, who needs to sit. And you can – and Carson's going to be pissed about it, right? We all know Carson will be pissed about it. But Carson also has to know that this is kind of the end of the line. Like, his former OC gave up on him. The team that drafted him at number two overall gave up on him. So he doesn't get to be pissy about things because he has to perform or else he's not going to be a starter in the league anymore. So, I mean, if you're Washington, you get to throw Carson Wentz out to the wolves for one whole season. And if he's good, like really good, then you get to trade him for more than you traded him for him. And if he's bad, then you got to develop your quarterback that you picked. And lo and behold, there it is. It's like uh, renting an Alex Smith, essentially. So really talented Alex Smith. So Carson Wentz is on contract through 24, uh, is a free agent in 2025. Um, But after this season, they can cut him at any point without any dead cap. Yeah. So the – so if he fucking sucks, you cut him. So you draft the quarterback, right? If he sucks, you cut him. If he's good, you trade him. And if he's mid, you probably still trade him because teams need quarterbacks all the freaking time. So you Counter- think? So do you think Washington still takes a quarterback in that first round? I, mean, I, think, I think that would a be a massive pick. mistake for Washington. I be- think it would probably be a mistake. I'm just saying you now have the luxury of taking – anyone you want not having to start them immediately well like to me at this point Carson Wentz playing well should be your like most important priority and one thing that never gets talked about with Carson Wentz again is like the only or I guess the variable that has been consistent with Carson Wentz being bad Carson Wentz um the not MVP year version is the team that he was with just like did not believe in him. There's a statue of a backup quarterback in Philadelphia built when he was getting a contract extension. The next year they draft Jalen Hurts, and then he goes to Indianapolis and is out in one year. Like for a guy that was a former team captain at North Dakota State and was a guy that his teammates just absolutely loved there, no shit at this point he's like not having the leadership qualities you want in Indianapolis because he hasn't felt wanted in any place he's been since he signed his first extension. 
Like, I'm trying to make this dude feel like he actually belongs in a place for the first time since his MVP year and seeing how close we can get to that MVP version of Wentz because we gave him a good offense. We take an offensive lineman. We take a tackle at 15. We give him Terry McLaurin. We give him a good, just good roster around him and just see what happens. And if it doesn't work, great. We have our answer. That That is what I'm trying to do if I'm Washington because every time you've tried to put a quarterback behind Wentz, it just hasn't worked. Okay, so with the uh, Indianapolis getting rid of Wentz, take a guess on what Indianapolis's cap space availability is right now. It's got to be just a bajillion dollars, probably like half a billion. No, they have 70, the 71 that. and a half million. Doesn't matter. They don't they're have gonna, They're going to just trade for Jimmy G, and I feel like that's just a complete lateral move. Jimmy G is kind of like – okay, I'm going to make a little side Wentz note. than Jimmy G, because at least I know that Wentz can play at MVP level. Yeah, so I'm going to have a, a little sidebar here. Wentz is just the lovable loser. Like, you got you support him, but like – sexy loser. <laughs> a well-paid so, loser. So Jimmy G is kind of in a weird spot here as well. Um, I think he is kind of the next quarterback to hit the blocks. You got, you know, Pittsburgh needing a quarterback. Indianapolis now needs a quarterback. Um, shit, you could probably even say Seattle as well. Um, there's a lot of teams with that are in desperate need of somebody. So I can't wait till Lamar just like completely folds next year, and then nobody can say anything bad about him because he was a former MVP and he's black. But we just completely trashed Carson Wentz, who's a former MVP and white. You know what would be didn't win that MVP though. You know what? Next what episode we got to do. Next episode we got to do the who's going to be the thirty-two starting quarterbacks next year? Because yeah. I mean, you got Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's kind of in a hot seat too, in my opinion. So yeah, it's make or break for him. You know who I'd be pit? You know who I'd be pissed if I was? I'd be pissed if I was someone like Jameis Winston, because all these other like you know landing spots are starting to dry up. That's who I would target if I was the Colts, because you didn't get Jameis Winston for practically free, like draft pick wise. Yes. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Go get Jameis Winston. Like, what's the worst thing that happens? He like turns into a worse version of Carson Wentz. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I think I think Jameis Winston has more upside than Wentz. Jameis Winston's at least fun to watch. Oh yeah, he's a, yeah, he, that is. <laughs> he's he's also a lovable loser. But like here, but like if if you don't like Carson Wentz, like what what's the end goal? Like what's what's your end point? Like you hear the rumors about Mitch Trubisky. Sidebar: The Giants are in the Mitch Trubisky sweepstakes. From what I've seen, what does that even mean? Why would <laughs> like? Talk about replacing uh, did a Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky quarterback battle is just crazy to me. That is what the NFL needs. That is the prime spot right there. Are you like trading for Jordan Love if you're the Colts? But why would you do that? That's not like like you have this awesome roster and you've had this awesome roster for forever. And then you decided to get Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady, allegedly. And you're you've been searching for forever. It's like for God's sakes. Eventually, you have to do what the Broncos did and just go up to Seattle and say, hey, take, like, all of our fucking picks. We're trying to win a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, the quarterback battle between Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky reminds me of, like, you only have so many rooms in your high school in the, like, uh, special ed department, and, like, you're one kid over, so you have the lowest two kids. It's, like, one of 40. Oh, my God. <laughs> but also, uh, Jesus, Gavin. Oh, no. oh, so, no. on on an actual note, uh, Beans, you said the other day, and I think it's really smart that I think these moves are also kind of telling the NFL thinks about this quarterback class. Oh yeah, no, the people are too afraid to pick something, so they're like, "Fuck, let's go! To, we got to do something." I I just would I just need Jameis. In a good situation, I want to see Jameis succeed. And I, dude, if Tampa goes with Blaine Gabbert, I'd be fucking pissed. Hold on, I'm Blaine looking Gabbert at other, fucking stinks. I'm looking at other quarterbacks that are in the free agent market. No, th- there's no quarterbacks left. The teams yeah. that are without quarterbacks, it's Jameis or like just not a starting it's quarterback. Jameis or Mitch, like you those got are the guys. Jameis, yeah. Mitch, or trade for Jimmy G. Like that's kind of I mean, it. 
Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Trubisky, hey, Blaine Gabbert. That's, that's where we're just out of like starting caliber. You're, yeah, you're I into mean, the, dude. I, all I of love the Tyrod Taylor. I love to be Virginia Tech, but when you start naming Tyrod Taylor, like that Tyrod Taylor is there to mentor your rookie. Okay, like, I did not know this. Mitchell Trubisky is 27 years old. Yeah, I mean he was yeah. like he was like a four he was a four year player I think he was the Mahomes draft class. Yeah, which is crazy because Mahomes just turned twenty five. Anyways, yeah, so, but Mahomes I think was young and Mitch I think got redshirted. Like I think so he's yeah. a redshirt junior. Like that, it doesn't really matter. By the way, I'm gonna say this right now uh, on air. You know what actually makes a lot of sense and would just keep up with trends. We got, I got Tyrod Taylor, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay drafts trades up drafts quarterback. Tyrod's the bridge guy. There you go. Okay. So. The, the right. rookie starting by week three because Tyrod Taylor has, like, busted a kidney or something. Exactly. Oh, God. That, that's that's a, a secret from your Uncle Larry. If you're in a dynasty league or a fantasy league and Tyrod Taylor's the starting quarterback of the team, Go get you the draft that rookie because Tyrod Taylor always gets hurt and the rookie always starts and they always play really well the first year. Um, side note, we're going just really quick. Uh, Landon Collins to the Chiefs would be kind of cool. Just Landon Collins it. is just worse Jamal Adams, which is just yep. hyped up Mark Barrett. I, I, yep, just, no, I 100% agree play, with that. Line him up in the box. Play the let Daniel him. Sorensen role, sure. Yes. Yeah, let just a little more expensive Daniel Sorensen. I am okay with that. Just but a little I more. I don't know. Landon Collins is like one of those. Landon Collins and Jamal Adams are those guys where it's like, they make a huge impact early, and then their game just doesn't age as gracefully. I'm I'm not giving a safety that can't cover money. Just, like, it's really that simple. I'll you, give a linebacker money. I'm not giving a box safety money. What if he moves to the discount of discounts? What yes, if he moves yes. to your dime? He's now your dime backer. But like that's yeah. just one. That's down. still coverage. Yeah, hey, he, hey! If he's willing to take bet minimum to play dime, I'm I mean, okay. if he took bet minimum, he'd stick him at safety, even if he yeah. takes cover. But I'd like, stick anybody at bet minimum at safety. The 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 thing with Landon Collins really is is like okay, like what do you do with Landon Collins? And at that point, it's like okay, well, we try Willie Gay at edge rusher, and he like takes Willie Gay's spot. Or we yeah. can finally, like, move Nick Bolton off and he takes Nick Bolton's spot there. But, like, I don't want Landon Collins doing Tyron Matthews stuff, like, in coverage. I didn't want Dan Sorensen doing stuff in coverage either. So it's like, okay, I don't really want him in coverage. And so you either... Resign Sorensen, resign Sorensen or sign no. Collins. Um, I mean, it depends on the money. If okay. I was gun to my head... Probably whichever one was cheapest. No, Dan Sorn, Dan Sorensen. Everyone <laughs> took the least amount of money, probably. Oh, Jab- Jabril Peppers is also in the free agent market. Jabril Peppers is at least semi interesting because he can kind of play some corner, but like he's kind of the same thing where it's like there, there's a point in football where it's like. Oh, this guy's really good because he's really good at multiple positions and he's versatile. But then there's guys like Landon Collins, like Jabril Peppers and Dan Sor- and Dan Sorensen to a lesser extent, where it's like, oh, this guy can play all these positions. He's really versatile, but he's not good at any of them. So he's not <laughs> good at football. <laughs> like it's one thing to be like Micah Parsons and be a good edge rusher and good off ball and good inside and like good at all these different things and you're really and that makes you a really awesome, versatile player. Or like Jimmy Graham back in the day, where he can like line up outside at the X, but he can also come – I mean, he doesn't really block, but he can still like come in line and like block a little bit. And that makes him versatile and good. And then there's like guys like Landon Collins and two more of my point, Daniel Sorensen. They stink at everything, but they can kind of do a little bit of everything. But that just makes them versatile without – anything to do they're just a jack of all trades master of none and that's just not good because in football you're only as good as your best skill versatility without the ability exactly it just doesn't make any sense 
So now, no, so, oh, yeah, I think ahead. it's time to move to the big fish. Yes, guys. this he is did. this is the this is the big he, topic right here. He, he made us wait for years, so we made him wait till the end of the t- end of the show. <laughs> and that is Mister Badman himself, Aaron Middle Name Rogers, <laughs> and the Packers are getting back together. And Can we give a round of applause Aaron for Aaron Rodgers here for a second? Just with two making two hundred million dollars. I'm yep. Four years, two hundred million, hundred fifty plus. I think. I think I thought it was hundred fifty three, but hundred fifty whatever, guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is a rich ass motherfucker, and he's the first player in NFL history to make fifty million dollars in a season, and now. Devonte Adams is going to get franchise tagged. So good Aaron for Devontae Rod- Adams. Aaron Rodgers' middle name is Aaron Rodgers' middle name is Charles. Aaron Charles Rodgers. That doesn't work. I got it. <laughs> Aaron Danger Rodgers. Does this no, just feel to you guys like the definition of paying Aaron Rodgers fairly for what he's been the last couple years? Not really what you're like expecting him to be worth over the next four. I think this mostly just – here's my thing. Here's my take. I'll never admit this in our Dynasty League, Gavin, except to you right now. I think this pretty much just says that Jordan Love stinks. Um, yes. You don't pay a 38-year-old I, – I get he's coming off back-to-back MVPs. You don't pay a 38-year-old quarterback $50 million a year for four years if the quarterback that you drafted two years ago doesn't just stink and, like, I don't know, maybe Jordan Love will be okay. Maybe he'll go to a new organization. Maybe, like, the Panthers will trade for him. And he'll get to compete with Sam Donald, who went out, and maybe he'll, like, be okay on the Panthers, right? Yeah. Speaking of other teams that need quarterbacks. So my question is, you know, Aaron Rodgers has always been against the Packers for not being able to get him help ever at all. Um, Why? He throws it to fucking Devontae Adams, so I don't know why you would give him any more help. But my question is, if he's always upset, and the, uh, he's kind of a drama queen, sorry if you don't agree with me, but why are you arguing with your team to get you help and then you sign an expensive deal that puts you negative $45 million in the hole? Well, I, and granted, my that, counter- the, new year, the new league you know, year is coming up, so it'll reset. But The, the two things with that is – Devontae Adams was the only talented receiver in Green Bay over the last three years. So, like, he threw to the only talented guy he had to throw to. And then the the counter to what you said, Beans, is this motherfucker wanted help, got none, and won two MVPs anyways and took Packers to two NFC Championship games and then, like, just kind of folded this last year in the playoffs. But... That, and that's where I get to the point of where, like, what he's getting paid is what he probably should have made. Like, relative to his pe- his play on the field, this is, like, fair to how he's played the last three years. I don't really expect it to, like, reflect the next couple years. They're going to add a receiver in the first round this year. I mean, the other wrinkle, too, is, is I mean, because the NFL is weird and money doesn't mean anything, that – Signing the biggest contract in NFL history in terms of like per year value, I mean, it lowers the cap hit. Yeah, and if that's what allowed him to fit Devontae Adams actually under the tag for this year. Yeah, and bring back other guys. Like, I mean, th- this deal pretty much just had to get done from the Packers' perspective, or else they were just boned. Well, you know, and another interesting point is, is because the NFL money doesn't really matter. I mean, despite signing the biggest contract ever in terms of per year value, the cap hit for Aaron Rodgers went down still. So, like, you know, it kind of had to happen. Yeah, it allowed him to put Devontae Adams underneath the cap for this year so they could bring both back. Now they can try and run this back. They can add more talent through the draft since they have their draft picks for this year and just kind of kick the can down the road of how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be good and Aaron Rodgers is the Packers' only chance of being good anyways. So this this all revolves around Aaron Rodgers. I, I can understand that, but here's a couple of moves I can see them making just to save a penny. And I kind of like looking at this from a penny's perspective. Uh, I mean, a thing they can do is letting go of Jair Alexander, which is letting basically freeing up $14 million. 
God, that's hard to believe. So good though. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not letting. Dyer is a guy that you just also pay and try to find a way to keep him there. I mean, I understand that they like made it to the playoffs and were a 13 win team season uh, or team last year without Dyer Alexander, but they also didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. Like I, they they were. It was honestly so impressive what they did last year, missing Bakhtiari and Dyer Alexander, but. A corner is such an important position in today's NFL. I'm just finding a way to keep him around. It's the only way you're going to stay competitive. Another move they can make is letting go over Sean Gary. It looks like if basically name a defensive player, if they let him go, they save they save quite a bit. Yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with Rashawn Gary. You can address. You Ed. still have yeah. you still have Zadarius Smith, which also is a trade candidate. Yeah, um, you might just end up trading Zadarius Smith before they let go of Gary. But I mean, if you're gonna I mean, this is the year to uh, get rid of a defensive player if you're going yep. to need to. I mean, now's the time. You're yeah, so, probably better than you have the past two years. Do you think Aaron Rodgers did this in the light of Russell Wilson and everything that was happening with him? Like, it just seems like the light was just off him for a little bit, and then he puts out that tweet just, just right after that and says, oh, wait, no, I haven't accepted the deal yet. You know, we, that, haven't, signed, yes. we haven't signed the dotted line yet. You know, yes. don't, don't focus on the Russell Wilson. Focus on me, damn it. Absolutely. Yes. That, I mean, that's – I don't know. Aaron's the weird type of dude to where it's like, I bet you – I bet you the contract is all but was all to agree all but agreed to, and it was like pending a physical and like figuring out how much money was going to be like in signing bonus, right? Like something super petty that they're haggling like over like a couple ten thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? They're probably putting in a no trade clause. Probably. I mean, Russell Wilson had one. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't want one. And I mean, if you're Green Bay, like, doesn't, I mean, sure. If you yeah. suck, he's going to want to go. Because so, then he's not the bad guy. Let me look at this again. What does this put, what age does this end his contract 40 at? 40. He's 38 right now. Yep. So, so where did Brady end at? 44. Ooh, boy. He's chasing 44. Isn't no, he? this is the exact year that Peyton Manning fell off. So, but really, rega- regardless. I guess so two things here. One, looking back in hindsight, like this was the thing I said about Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers is it doesn't make sense to go from one Super Bowl roster to another Super Bowl roster in like Denver or something like that. Like this is a great roster. This is a roster that can win the Super Bowl and the window to do it is right now in the NFC because it's so bad. Like you don't have Brady there to go through anymore. Like it's just completely wide open. Yeah. So the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers also is at that, like, I'm 38, I need to get another ring. They both are just, like, the perfect marriage of whatever we need to do at this point, let's do it and just try to keep kicking this can down the road and get another two competitive years out of this guy. I don't really care about the length of the deal at this point because yeah. I can't predict Aaron Rodgers' like physical ability to keep playing football. At the uh, at thirty eight years old, I will say one of the funny tweets I saw from Big Cat. Shout out Big Cat. Um, what? Big Cat for those you don't know is a uh, Bears fan, by the way. Yeah, so he was like, I can't remember what he said, but he was like, "Fuck, this means that the Packers are gonna have to draft a new quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers, which sucks because uh, Jordan Love sucks." And they're probably going to draft the Hall of Famer now. They have a second chance of doing it. So, well, do, they don't, do you do see you think their tweet? Did you see his tweet about uh, saying Aaron Rodgers is such an asshole for taking attention away from National Women's Day? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Rodgers. Yeah, tell Rodgers. All right. Well, let's let's end it with two really short things. We're kind of pressing up on the time that we wanted to keep this thing at. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't say that uh, Major League Baseball canceled games, but it's back. Jeff Patton it's back, baby. Today. Baseball's back. We're going to get some Royals talk in this season. Thank God. Cause Thank work. goodness. I don't know what the hell else we're going to talk about. We'll get some Red Sox talk in, too, because your boy is a Sox fan. Let's go. Gotta yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they yes. – I'm glad that they uh, – are they skipping spring league? What's going on there? They're, I know they're doing no, the 162. I think, I think the season is set to start April 7th, 
and yeah. spring training players can report for spring training as early as tomorrow. I think. Really. Well, and, I, I'm I'm curious to see what the final I, negotiations I, I were. I think it was six Eastern. Um, at six Eastern, so about 45 minutes ago for us. I think like everything reopened like all at once. So like trading and free agency. So like tonight or tomorrow, like afternoon, we literally might just see like so many guys just move like immediately. Cause huh. you know, damn good and well that guys were doing stuff like during the lockout. They oh, were for sure. They, they were locked out in name only. So oh, yeah. we, we just wanted to say welcome back baseball. Um, if you have three words or less beans and Gavin, what do you got for, bringing baseball back. I have no kind words to share about baseball, so. Gavin hates baseball. Gavin and, does uh, not like baseball. Fuck Rob Manfred. There we go. Oh, that's a good um, one. Last... I wanted that one. Well, too bad. Means your boy got it. Your boy's sharp as a tack. And you know what's not sharp? Bruce Weber. Well, that was a terrible transition. But Bruce Weber <laughs> resigns today. He doesn't resign. He resigns. Gavin thought he had resigned on the dotted line because resign and resign are basically spelled the exact same way. Yeah, um, no, uh, English, like the English language people, the people that are just their job is to like make the English language make sense, lost so much credibility in my mind today because two words <laughs> that mean the exact opposite. Are spelled the exact fucking same. <laughs> Gavin, there is a hyphen in between so them. Much. I was like tilting in my living room because we had resigned Bruce Weber, but it turns out that we had actually just let Bruce Weber resign. So <laughs> I was, yeah, I was very pissed. But thank you, Bruce. In all seriousness, take, take it, Sam. Yeah, I think um, I think we're gonna let this uh, one ride out the podcast. Um, I would say, Beans, if you got anything nice to say about Bruce, then you can go. But I okay. I feel like I'm going to monologue off into the sunset and then sign off to this next one. So if you got okay. something, go. Okay. I will say um, I will say thank you to Bruce for what he has done. I mean, after hearing – you know, like in the in the middle of the season and towards the end, you're like, you know, this guy – this team has a chance. And then they started losing. You're like, damn it. And you're blaming everything on Bruce Weber and – Man, seeing seeing that press conference there at the end makes you really appreciate everything he has done. He had a lot of good things to say. Uh, even brought a tear to my eye a little bit. It's hard to see him go, but I think it is in best interest for K-State. I think uh, one thing he mentioned is he has two jobs lined up for after resigning with K-State. It's going to be the best husband he can be and also being a grandfather to his grandchildren. Very well said, and Bruce is that type of guy. So, I have a couple of anecdotal stories, I guess. Anecdotal might not be the right word. So, 10 years ago, when we hired Bruce Weber, and Frank Martin left for South Carolina, I would have been, what, 15? Going into high school, something about that time. And... All I'd really known for my K-State basketball existence was what Frank Martin had done. And, like, you know, I was a big Frank Martin guy. Everyone loved Frank Martin. Everyone was pissed to see him go. And Bruce had just gotten fired from Illinois. Bruce had gone and, you know, won or gone to a national title in 2005 with Dan Williams and Illinois. But, I mean, the big thing with that was that it was Bill Self's players and all that stuff. And So Bruce comes in to basically my angerment, a lot of K-State fans' angerment, you know, you think that Illinois is a worse job than K-State at the time. At least that's the way I perceived it since we had been a two-seed in the tournament a couple of years prior, made to the Elite Eight. So I already didn't like Bruce Weber at the time. And, you know, all he does the first year to, you know, rub some salt in my face, was go and split the Big 12 title with KU. Now, I don't always consider that one a super split because KU had beaten us twice, but it, it still counts as a split according to the Big 12, even if it's not in my personal record books. But we were still a really good team and all that, but it was still like Frank's guys, right? And then I don't remember, I don't know if everyone remembers the Marcus Foster stuff, but that happened and we kind of entered this lull and 
but it looked like the program was going downhill. And I remember at this point, I stood behind Bruce Weber, or who I thought was at least Bruce Weber, in line at Carmike Cinemas um, in Manhattan, Kansas. Carmike Cinemas doesn't even exist anymore. And under my breath, I said, I hate you, Bruce Weber, or something like that. And my friends heard me, and they laughed, but I don't think Bruce heard me at all. And he just went upon his day with his grandkids and went to his movie, and I was a like 17, 18 year old loser making fun of a basketball coach in public. Right. And eventually I went to college and went to K state too. And we were bad, but we made progress. Dean Wade, Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes kind of turned all that, all of that around. Um, Wes Wandu kind of really started it when he stayed after the debauchery that was everything that happened with, Marcus Foster in that year, but he stuck around, he turned around and then Dean and Kamal and Barry carried the torch. And I remember they were doing a meet and greet the year that they won the big 12 title. And this was the year after they went to the elite eight and they were doing a meet and greet and I wanted to go and I wanted to shake Bruce Weber's hand and apologize. And I didn't do it because I wasn't mad enough. I I could have done it to his face. I could have said all the things I'm going to say now, but I didn't. And, you know, I've been angry at Bruce plenty of times. And, I mean, even the year after the Big 12 championship season, like, I was still mad at Bruce because I thought we should have been better. But I think the real turning point for me and the point where I knew that Bruce was a good coach was last season – at the end of the year, I mean, we were bad. We lost to Fort Hayes State. It doesn't get much worse than that. D2 school. And by the end of the year, they started playing really good basketball to the point where they were in a game with Baylor in the Big 12 tournament who ended up winning the national title. And I had never seen a team improve as much in one season as I did that team last year. And you can go on my Twitter and you can find all these tweets about how I wanted Bruce fired and everything. But in that moment, I made one tweet about how he deserved to come coach this team again because he earned that right. He really deserved it. And he really had he really won me over last year. And he won me over this year because that team, I, I thought this team was good. And I thought he did as good of a job as he could have and so I just wanted to apologize to Bruce for all of the years of grief that I gave him. He did a good job here. He won two Big 12 titles. Well, one and a half in my mind. But he won two Big 12 titles, one and a half in my mind. And, no, I mean, a lot of the coaches before him, like Lon Kruger and Dan Altman and Frank Martin and Bob Huggins, none of them did that. He went to an Elite Eight. We've been to one Elite Eight. and That was Frank's year, but we hadn't been to an Elite Eight other than that in a long time. And I know that everything didn't quite go as good as we always wanted all the time. But to you, Bruce, I want to say I'm sorry. I gave you such a hard time. I'm sorry the fan base gave you such a hard time. But thank you for uh, being our coach. And I want to thank Yeah, just thank you for everything. And I hope you enjoy whatever comes next. So I hope you stick around in Manhattan and I hope that K-State and all their fans look upon your time with fond memories. And to that, I want to say thank you guys for listening. I know that was a bit of a long rant, but Bruce deserved it. Bruce deserved to go out on kind of his own terms. Not exactly, but he didn't get fired and that's a good thing. So. Thank you, Bruce, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Good night, everyone.